Welcome to the D.A.R.E. podcast, where it is all about helping people overcome anxiety and panic attacks. The D.A.R.E. app has over 1 million downloads and is free to download at DareResponse.com. Now, without further ado, here is the D.A.R.E. podcast. Hello. Hi, everybody. For anybody who doesn't know me, my name is Michelle Cavanaugh. Um, I'm one of the coaches here at D.A.R.E. Aida's going to be joining us in any second, and we'll start going through um, some questions that um, were pre-submitted. We have about, I don't know, 30-something. And here she is, my friend, Aida. Hello. Good morning, Michelle. Hi. Hi, guys. Welcome. Another webinar. Good. Michelle, how are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to this webinar. Yeah. Great, guys. Shall we do the questions? Yeah, we have, we noticed, we looked through some of them ahead of time. We have a few that are kind of related, so we might clump a few together. Um, maybe read, if I can remember the order that they were in, put them together. But there are a lot of similar topics, so we'll try to even just address topics in general. And even if it's not your specific question, you should be able to see how it fits into that topic. Yes, and just to add to that, it's important, guys, that you notice the patterns. Right? We're not so interested in a particular situation or in a particular sensation, but always, always interested in the pattern because you can apply this the, the, the pattern of the anxiety loop to all of your manifestations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we might not answer about dizzy or driving, but if we answer about nausea and a store, no, it's the same thing. It's, it's not about different situations and not situation specific. So Again, the pattern, we say this on, on many of the calls. If you're new here, mm -hmm. take a look at like scroll back through the old, um, our older podcast, search on the, the Facebook pages. You'll see, um, somebody had posted, um, on one of the comments on the YouTube channel. Why are you re why are you repeating all the podcasts? Like we're not, <laughs> they're all new, but we're saying, we're saying a lot of the same thing because a lot of very similar questions come in and, you know, repetition is kind of the key to, to developing habits as well. So, um, yeah, we haven't repeated a podcast once. I wouldn't even know how to do that. Um, they're just a lot of similar answers, um, for different types of questions. Yes. But thinking patterns and, you know, I had a call with a client, Michelle, and he said something that was amazing. So we're talking about this pattern and he said, you know, even though we talked about this like a hundred times, it just clicked now, just now. And I don't know why or why I wasn't seeing this before. Mm -hmm. It was like I was looking at the leaves and the branches, but I was never able to see the tree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I see it. And now I see that my biggest fear is not my biggest threat. And I love that. That's oh, I like so that. That's a good one. Right? So this is my biggest fear, not my biggest threat. Um, so yeah, remember that, guys. Whatever your core fear may be, it's still a fear, not a threat. It feels like a threat, but it is not. Just wanted to share that. That's really good. Was, right? I had a great line from somebody. If they're on and you want to claim it, feel free to pop on. But it was a couple of weeks ago, so I don't know if I said it on the webinar. But they were saying, and and anybody in the chat, I'm sure there are many people who could relate, where the person said some version of like, I could teach this intellectually. 
I understand how this works. I could tell you all about your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. I understand this. I know dare. I get it. He goes, but that 18 inch distance from your head to your heart is like the longest path. Did I say this on the last webinar? It was just so, and I know that's where so many people get to try to force it down from your head, but it's really like you have to kind of just receive it from your body. And so if you're spending a lot of time going at this with your head, trying to tell me what do I say next? And then what do I think? And then, and then should I, should I sign up for this and do this and book a call? And what's the best way? I, you're definitely not going to, I'm not going to get you to do this. I can only kind of show you what accept looks like, but it's because it's something we allow ourselves to do like we, by going into like being mode as opposed to trying really hard. Like trying hard is probably what's maintaining you stuck in these certain patterns rather than like, you know, lessening up the grip. So I don't know if anybody else on the chat gets stuck there with uh, get it in my head. Can't quite send that message to my body. You know, a helpful thing that you could do, and we have a daily day on this. It's called drop down into your body. Mm -hmm. if, if, mm -hmm. People like that one. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of like trying to teach you how to accept, which is the hardest thing in the world, as Michelle just said. But think about it this way. Anxiety gets triggered always in, in in our mind even though even if the trigger is let's say a heart palpitation but the interpretation is here <gasps> heart palpitation oh my god that is dangerous that is horrible mm -hmm. and we tend then to go into our head and try to fix it in our head because this is where it got triggered but it gets triggered in our mind but it manifests in our body mm -hmm. anxiety is super super physical so if you are struggling to accept and allow try to find an access through your body and we michelle has the greatest analogy on that go spaghetti <laughs> this is this is the core of it don't try to fight this battle up here battleground is not up here it might get triggered here but it always manifests in your body so let go here and it really does not matter what kind of content the thought came mm -hmm. with it still came with that whoosh it's the whoosh that you don't like. I love your whoosh. <laughs> it's that what you don't like. So work with that and try to forget about the content. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Fabulous start. All right, everybody. If you submitted a question and if you want to own your question, um, pop in if you think this is yours. And then we can add you into our little conversation here as we uh, go through them. So Aida, would you like to answer the first one? This one here, um, how can I learn to, basics, basics of dare, right? How can I learn to accept and allow my bodily sensations without adding fear and letting anxiety set in? You can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't help but be anxious. You can't, you can't short circuit, you know, the fire, the, the alarm that goes off when your emotional brain uh, notices something is off or feels something is not normal so that initial fear that you will get after a sensation or when when an anxious thought crosses your mind that will happen and this is outside of your control what is in your control is if you can diffuse from that thought or from that fear what does diffuse mean the diffuse is not only trying to see an anxious thought for what it is but also realizing the pattern oh there is an anxious thought that came with a whoosh that whoosh in turn um 
made me feel like I had to act on it to control mm -hmm. or avoid or engage in safety behaviors. And then comes the behavior, right? So that's the circle. So where can you shortcut this? At the start with diffuse, meaning you realize, oh, something just triggered my, my stress response. This is not dangerous. It's not a lion. It's just a leaf. So I don't need to act on that impulse and run to safety or engage in, in other behaviors that are destructive. I can do the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. I totally forgot the question, Michelle. <laughs> I started in the right without adding, without adding fear. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Right. So there's the trigger. There comes the whoosh and there comes the impulse. This happens automatically. You can't help that. But what you can do, and that's the only thing that you can do is diffuse from the anxiety and diffuse the fight or that attempt to control. Right. And Your body's going to keep sending you that fear if you keep using yeah. it. Yes. So this will happen. But your entry point is the behavior and the diffuse. And then you need to do this over and over and over until your brain gets, oh, okay, she or he's not running away from this. He's not engaging in safety behaviors. I think I can calm my stress response down. And this is why a situation gets less scary or why you lose your fear of sensations. But it takes time and it takes repetition. Being afraid is not the problem. Being afraid of being afraid is the problem. Yes. And notice I didn't say you, you cut it off at the feeling or it's your fault because you felt anxiety again. And I felt anxiety again. Then mm -hmm. my next response, what did I do wrong? I'm not doing this right. It shouldn't be here. That's not where you can't decide what your body randomly does, automatically does. And you also can't decide your automatic reaction, right? Like if somebody came behind me and screamed, I might jump. Now, are you beating yourself up for jumping? Because I know a lot of people on here do. Why can't you just not jump like everybody else? Why can't you calm your nervous system so you don't jump? You didn't used to jump. And we're like judging an automatic reaction. But that's the response. That response to your reaction is more of the problem than the jump and so notice how i am I, again it's is it a hair is it a spider on my arm oh of course i jumped i thought it was a spider turns out it's just a hair and then i continue behaviors of living rather mm -hmm. than continued involvement and remember behaviors aren't just the obvious external ones internal behaviors are what keep most of this going. Like involvement is behavior, rumination is behavior, like all like reassurance seeking, Googling, those are all behaviors in here that we don't realize are behaviors because they happen so automatically. But like mm -hmm. habits are automated behaviors. And so we're not aware of that happening, but that's where the change is. So we have to come back to being aware of the behaviors. What am I doing? And why am I doing it? And then that's what we change, not the feeling, the behaviors. And I love this, this um, comment here from Mark. Love patterns. It's how the brain works. I learned this in recovery from addiction. Very similar pattern. This cycle, the OCD cycle, the addiction cycle, the uh, eating disorder cycle. A, a lot of these sort of line up on top of each other. So... It's nice yeah. there. And in our 
their academy call, we talked a lot about control. Mm. I was every call. Yes. A lot of people realized maybe for the first time, oh my God, now I understand why I'm stuck. I'm stuck because although I know I can't control it, I'm still doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do how do people control? So this is what Michelle just said. We have the obvious ways. So if I avoid a situation, I do control my feelings because I'm not anxious or mm -hmm. I only go out with a Xanax or, or only with my safe person, right? But control is such an inner thing. If I'm not willing, let's say, to accept uncertainty, I must try to control it even though I know I can't. Classical example, we had this on the call. It was so funny. Uh, a member said, well, I'm always afraid that my kids will run into a car crash. So I need to call them and, and I'm constantly tense until I hear something. That's a perfect example. She can't control that. She can't do anything, but how she's trying to keep up the control by worrying. So mm -hmm. as long as mm -hmm. I worry, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping this at bay. Which I'm right. not. I feel like I'm doing something. I'm doing something yeah. productive because then I can make sure they're safe. You're not keeping your kid any more safe by doing that. And if, if it would be the case, I would tell you to call them all the time and I would call my kids all the time. But we, if you have kids, you have the same, we all have the same thoughts. Nobody wants those things to happen. It's the involvement of the things that could, thinking I could somehow prevent things that could by fighting here, it doesn't prevent danger. It just creates an anxiety disorder. Absolutely. And then we talked about how we could diffuse that. And a lot of people jumped in and we had a few great phrases. And one of them was to say, yeah, that could happen. And if that happens, somebody will tell me. Somebody mm -hmm. will let me know. And the massive whoosh was, was, was there immediately. But oh my God, that could happen. Yeah, it could happen. You see, and that is exactly the thing. Yes, bad things can happen to us. And we need that the lack of acceptance leads to trying to control, even though rationally I understand I can't. Right. I can't physically control it, but I can worry. And that's my form of control. And somebody just posted on the chat, oh, if I don't worry, it means I don't care. I, that's a big, the big common misconception. Common one. Yeah. Right. What and try to 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 think about other people, how they deal with, with a situation like that. Maybe you have a friend or how your mom dealt with you. Did you feel less loved just because they didn't worry about you all the time? Right? So try to compare yourself with, with how other people approach this. But anyway, going back to, to control, it's the control that keeps everything going, mm -hmm. or trying mm -hmm. to control. And people on the call realized, oh my God, although I know dare by heart, I intellectually understand it, but I can't let, I can't accept because if I accept, it means I'm letting go. And if I let go, bad things might happen. Right. And we must be willing for bad things to happen to us because we cannot shield ourselves or our loved ones and go through life like that. Mm -hmm. We can, and it just doesn't feel good. Right. I posted something a while ago that ruffled a couple of feathers, but it was like, it was something about like, um, like in order to come out of this, you have to accept two truths, right? One is I'm safe right now. And like my little blurb on it was like, I would assume you are because if you were running from murderers, you should not be on Instagram, you should be involved in staying alive. So 
One is accept, like, accept the fact that I am safe right now. The other one, and this is the one I think that bothered people more, it was anything could happen at any moment. And that's also true. Like, yes. true, I'm safe right now. True, anything could. Yup and yup. And this is the one that we're like, that bothered me, that triggered me. Yes, that triggered your alarm to pre-release adrenaline at the wrong time. This guy's showing up too soon. Okay, he gave you a, a blast of adrenaline for a could. Whoops, they don't match up. They kind of just keep going like this. And as long as you keep fighting coulds, your, your alarm keeps cranking out energy for coulds. But a could always could. And so since there's no end to coulds, the end has to be to your fight of the coulds, not the coulds. So it's, yes. I could get up from this chair and break my leg after this call. And even if I don't, I still could. Something could happen to one of my kids at school today. It could. And that feeling punches me in the gut. It still could. But, but you still can't control, right? And that's the thing. Still can't control it. And so we, we either, we do, we try and control two things. We try and can control the bad thing from happening. And, or we try and like come up with some pseudo form of control to control the anxiety because logically we know I'm not keeping them any more alive, any, any them any more alive. If I call the school, but ah, I feel a relief from my anxiety. I feel relief. And so, no, it's kind of like twofold also like, like my whole, anybody have like Bronx Italian mothers, like call me when you get home. Like I was just at your house for five hours. I'll call, just call me when you get home. But why? And then, so, you know, I'm the pest who says everything out loud. I'm, I would say like, oh, to make sure we didn't all slide off the side of the road and you didn't lose all your three grandkids and your daughter. And she goes, oh my God, God forbid. How could you even say something like that out loud? What the hell's wrong with you? This is, this is my mother. <laughs> like, you want to talk to me. I was just at your house for five hours. You don't want to talk. You want to make sure I didn't die. You're worried something bad might happen. And if I call you, you actually, the real goal is relief relief of anxiety relief of discomfort and so no that's generally the driving force of all this too you know we know we're not yes. keeping anybody alive we're trying to make ourselves feel better <laughs> very true such egoistic uh, <laughs> very true but i got guys remember we said thinking patterns now try to apply this anxiety cycle that we just talked about to mm -hmm. your situation Another one wrote in the chat um, about losing control, going crazy. Such a common fear. Right. Here it is. Um, go ahead. I dare you to lose control. Anyway, so let's say my trigger is a thought that because I let's say I feel DP or DR, depersonalization, derealization. Brief moment if it comes up, <gasps> then there comes the interpretation and the what if. Oh, my God. What if you are going crazy? And I obviously don't want that. My alarm system sends me adrenaline, right? And then I notice the whoosh. Did I say that right, Michelle? Whoosh. <laughs> There's the whoosh. You just use Ws. You guys use Bs. You know, it's just two Bs. <laughs> With the whoosh comes an impulse to do something, right? That, mm, oh God, oh no. But Feels I like I have to. Feels like I'm gonna. If I don't, it might. Those yes. words. Notice those words, guys. Yes. So here I am with that impulse, but because I can't act on it, because I cannot make myself not go crazy, 
But what I can do is I can go into introspection. Now constantly monitor my thoughts, my speech, the sound of my voice, how I perceive other people, my speed of thoughts, all of that constantly ruminating. This is what people, um, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this. I'm constantly in my head, constantly stuck in my head. Yes. Why? Because all of your energy goes into checking, making sure it doesn't get bigger, evaluating your, your state of mind. And, and this is what is so exhausting. And mm -hmm. this is your form of control. Yep. And this is why going back to diffuse is saying, yeah, oh, well, if I go crazy, I go crazy because mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's, you might, we all might go crazy tomorrow. We all might get into a car crash tomorrow, but we are still saying yes to life. Yes, because it's divided the coulds. It doesn't matter the content of the coulds. We take the content of the coulds. And since you can't find coulds, we find things here that we think will turn into those coulds. So anybody who's worried about going crazy isn't assessing their ankles, right? They're looking to see if they remember things, how their thoughts are. I saw something out of the corner of my eye. That's a visual hallucination. I had this thought that said jump. That's a command, auditory hallucination, right? And so like we find present things. It's almost like tracking a bear, right? If you think there's a bear in the woods, you're going to be spending your day looking at the grass, looking for prints to see what reminds you of a bear. So we generally have some stereotypical version, some biased view of what we think crazy looks like or what we think heart attack looks like or what we think whatever looks like and so we hone in on the the present thing that we hook to the worst case scenario so if i i don't want to throw up so what do i stare at nausea control my food control my exit strategy because of this and so i'm over involved in these regular fluctuating things trying to control a could right Fighting what is to control a could. That's such a common who any who else does that in maybe different in different contexts? Staring at lightheadedness and always having a partner with me just in case I pass out. Checking all my pulse oxes when I was told to not check my pulse oxes because I, I don't want a health emergency to happen. And then we it's a checking is the behavior. Checking is a habit. And so since it's a habit, it's it's great because that's the changeable part. Yes. And if we go back to our question, I think, I think if the question was how to accept and allow, I don't remember correctly. But guys, the antidote to control is willingness. Willingness to take the risk of life. Oh my God, you might go crazy. Yep. That mm -hmm. might happen. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, your kids might get into a car accident. Yep. That might happen. Oh my God, you could have a heart attack. Yep. That might happen. But obviously, like, you know, for physical sensations, if you experience something for the first time, obviously go and have them checked out. That's really important. But if you know those are anxiety related sensations, mm -hmm. right, then you can diffuse with, yeah, could be. Yeah, could be. That's really the only answer you will ever need. And when you diffuse with, yeah, that could happen, then you also need to make sure that you don't rush to the emergency room right. after saying, yeah, that could happen. So your actions must match your diffuse, but also your inner state, right? I always say willingness is an inner job. It's not something that that, that can't be taught. It's 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 a, an action. So it's not just a feeling. I'm willing. 
But if I'm willing to have something or do something, I also must do it or accept it. Right. Control or willingness. Right. Right or allowance. All right. Number two. <laughs> okay. Let's but we're answering multiple, multiple questions in these big chunks of answers. So even though we're on the second specific question, we've answered many questions with that response. Okay, so this is kind of, uh, well, a little bit di different, but the same-ish response. Sometimes rather than feelings of panic and high anxiety. I oh, we can't hear you anymore, Michelle. Something How about happened. now? I think yes. I hit my wire. Okay. Sometimes rather than feelings of panic and a high anxiety, I have depression symptoms that are just as strong. How would you use DARE to approach depression symptoms? Now, there are quite a few questions that came in on depression. Here's another one. How to overcome depression caused by anxiety and panic disorder. Um, there's a couple other ones about depression, low mood, those similar when my anxiety is highest my depression is high also is this normal and do i treat it as just ang and do i just treat it as anxiety um you guys hear the similar lines in there um it's just a different feeling but it's going to be the same response i yes, think i got all those just questions I yes, absolutely. Maybe just to add, right, depression is a large subject, but we have clinical depression, then we can feel depressed. That's, that's a difference. And I think most people who go through anxiety at some point do feel depressed mm -hmm. and low in mood and hopeless and, and helpless. That's completely normal. Think about it this way. Let's say you experience anxiety for the first time and you fall into the anxiety loop. What does everybody do? oh, I need to fight this, try to get it under control. And then I try really hard and try and try. And those tools have been working so well. I know I'm a confident person. Now I'm doing the same thing over and over and it's not working. How would you not feel incompetent and hopeless and helpless? You know, and very early, uh, the the fear of, of this staying forever will creep in. Mm -hmm. So when you've been trying really hard to get out of the anxiety or to make it go when it's not working, it's going to lead to feelings of incompetence and weakness. Then forevering sets in, oh my God, what if I, what if this lasts forever? Oh, that's pretty heavy. Fight on harder. Top that, on top of that, anxiety is super exhausting. Because of that overperception of reality, it, it takes up so much energy. And that fight and that, that internal struggle and the rumination and the Googling and searching and talking about it takes up a big amount of, of your energy. So you feel incompetent. You feel like this is going to last. You fear this is going to last forever. You're super exhausted. And guess what? Life didn't stop. Life's demands didn't stop. You still have mm -hmm. kids. You still have a job. You still need to pay your bills. So all of that together can, can weigh on people heavily. With depression, you can, as Michelle said, treat it the same way as we treat anxiety because it's just another feeling. And I would just add to that, try to force yourself to think more positively, get into a growth mindset. People get really stuck when they go through those depressive moods in negative thinking, right? There's no hope for me. This is going to last forever. I am really special. Try to spot 
those thoughts. And it's not about replacing them with something positive, but just being more, giving it a better context, yeah. something like different coulds. Like there are other coulds out there. It's not just it could yeah. last forever or it could not. Like, and we loosen up a little bit on like the latch into the future. Yes. Or you know what? Other people have been stuck like this, like I am. I am no different. Right? And I'm sure they felt the same thing too. Mm -hmm. And try to be compassionate with yourself. Think about how how many people in this world go through the same thing. Right? Your your pain is one that many, many people share. Yeah. And so just to add to that too, if you're if we start with anxiety and then here comes frustration, exhaustion, and then this sense of like, well, I'm working really hard because I'm a very good worker and I'm a very good doer. And I've been able to fix all these other problems in my life. And because you can't do yourself out of this, here comes, but, but if people don't know that it works so backwards, it's almost like trying to not notice your own shadow anymore. And you keep checking to see if you stop noticing it. Of course, you're going to continue to fail because you were never meant to succeed that way. And so here, depletion, it's usually some combination of depletion and frustration and the sense that, well, I can't fix this. I must be broken. Like, mm. or here comes this thought of like, I just, when it comes into forevering, it's, I, I can't live like this anymore. And then here comes, Are you I can't live like this. And am I suicidal? Why would I say that? Is this depression? And then, Oftentimes, what I'll see, and tell me if anybody thinks they might be able to relate, okay? You know, I talk about the OCD-ish type loop that many things take on. Oftentimes, we can pin low mood to as an O, and we become like, we engage in these compulsive behaviors, compulsively involved doing all these things about our mood. And I'm only okay if I have this mood. And when I have a low mood, I pathologize and call it depression. I feel depression rather than I feel sad. I feel tired. I feel, and if you're always checking your mood and if it's good, if it's got a smiley face, I'm fine. If it's not, then, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get out of this. That's probably more of an anxiety loop, a mood-based anxiety-ish, OCD-ish disorder than actual depression. Even though like the terms don't, shouldn't really matter as much to you guys, they're really more for us. But does this make sense that mood becomes the next thing we latch into? And all our decisions are based on the absence or presence of that mood. And I'm okay if this mood is here and not okay if the mood, this mood is here. And so the hunt for joy, the hunt for happiness, good luck. I have not found one person who has found it by directly searching for it. It just, it's just not how it works. Just like you don't fight yourself to sleep. You don't hunt out happiness. Happiness sort of pops up in tiny little blips. When you're involved in something that creates happiness, right? But if you're going through motions of life, but you're involved here in your head, looking to see, did it work? Did it make me happy? How's my mood? You're not involved in life. You're still internally involved going at life with your brain. And we're here to get you to go back at life with your heart. So that's my little, the other thing I wanted to add for depression and start using actual feeling words rather than I'm feeling depressed. Like what am I actually, I'm, I'm also feeling tired. 
oh, I notice I'm also about to get my period. Oh, I'm also kind of irritable. Oh, I'm also sad. I'm also remembering something sad. I'm also grieving. I'm also like, we kind of put everything into this like pathology. Now I have two problems. I got this disorder. I got this disorder. When bring it back to kind of like the basics of what you're actually feeling and experiencing, adding that, adding to. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And also just reminded me, Michelle, I'm sure you get this a lot too, where people say anxiety is back. All of a sudden, I, I just, <laughs> I just feel so anxious, and I don't know why. And my first question is always, tell me about your life right now. Mm-hmm. What else is going on? What has been going on the past four weeks? Oh, we had this and we had this and then this happened and this happened. I'm like, hmm. So could it be that you're just a little overwhelmed by all these things and that you're tired? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, oh, that's right. And all of a sudden, the context is different. Anxiety loves to to just sit on top of everything else. And as soon mm-hmm. as we feel feel less than perfect, anxiety is there. Oh, could it be anxiety? Is this a setback? Yeah. And it shows up on a delay too, guys, right? Like I, this was one of my posts the other week with the, the monsters that were blocking off, like here was um grief, right? And the monsters are like, hi, hello, here we are. And sometimes anxiety shows up as like a response to something else. And so mm-hmm. one of my, part of the blurb was like, so when people call me and was like, and then I had a panic attack out of the blue and oh yeah, a family member died four months ago, but it was because I'm involved in the situation. I wasn't involved in anxiety, even though anxiety was here. And now the situation has resolved and now I have insomnia. Now here comes the whoosh. Here comes the unsettled feeling. Here comes the heart palpitations. As your body's in the process of winding down, oftentimes we're very aware of that anxiety. It, It happens generally on a delay. And so sometimes there's context and sometimes you got to look back a little bit no this does not mean dig back to the past to your neighbor's grandmother's trauma to find the reason it just means oh that makes sense even if it's a good change like a wedding or a move or you're pregnant or or changes still change and so it still leaves an unsettled feeling until you settle into the new groove Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we kind of forget when we go through anxiety that there are other feelings, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just anxiety, as Michelle said. It's frustration. It's sadness. It's it's grief. It's anger. Mm-hmm. All of the, But we're not focusing on them. We're not giving those emotions the room they would need okay. to yeah. transform. Because we are so zoomed into the anxiety because it, it always screams the loudest. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is always the first to scream. And it doesn't shout out until you take care of it. And let's say you've worked through it and then... <gasps> The last six months, everything that has happened, whoosh, whoosh, <laughs> comes on. And that can feel a little traumatizing, you know, because it mm-hmm. might be a lot. So this is what I'm sure this is what you meant with your post, Michelle. So, yes, it's not about, oh, let's go back and find out why I have anxiety. Right. This, right. this is a big, big difference between right. feeling all the whole range of emotions that we have and going back and trying to find the emotion. Right, to fix that one, to fix this one. It's never about getting rid of this to get rid of anxiety anyway. That's still the continued disorder. And so even if you feel anxious again out of the blue, and let's say there's no context, you just feel anxious, but you go back into, it's back, why is it back? That's still still your disordered relationship with anxiety. So you can still have an anxiety disorder 
without the presence of anxiety, because if you still treat yourself as okay without anxiety, and I'm not okay when it's here, then I'm, I let go when it's not here. And when it comes back, that's the disordered response to the presence of anxiety, not the fact that anxiety came back. Yes. Just so like you're sad, it didn't come right. back. I'm sad again. Yes. Right. So scared about scared shouldn't come back. Yes. Right. Yes. Scared about scared or scared about sadness or scared about anger. The, the, right. It's the second part that is a problem, not the Do first part. You guys part. notice that too? Who, when, when there's grief, fear shows up, or when there's stressors at life, suddenly now I have to not go crazy. And it's usually it's stuff that's outside of our control, like, but work stressors or family things or health concerns and things that are, they, they like hurt on a deeper level. They're a little more, they're more way down in here. And anxiety has a way of going, what? look here. Like the post I had, the guy had maracas. He's like, I got look here. And it's a way like, look, here, look, 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 just don't go crazy. That really freaking hurts a lot. And that's kind of, we're going to protect her from that by distracting her and showing her like all the different ways you could maybe die today because we're going to grab her attention from there because this really hurts. And so this is the whole idea of also getting better at feeling sad, get better, getting better at processing loss, at processing grief. And a, a trauma therapist or a grief therapist helps you grieve, not helps you stop grieving, helps you get better at allowing grief to show your alarm that grief is safe too. And so I purposely come here to grief while anxiety may or may not come for the ride to help me out. I really love that line. Uh, a grief therapist helps you to to grieve, not to stop the grief, right? And and this is what we're doing too. We're helping you to to be scared and yeah. to sensitize and you know to to change your relationship to to those weird and bizarre sensations that you have. And once you change that, they take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to believe you guys, right? To say, you know what? I trust my body. I trust that it's a self-regulating system. It will come down as soon as I stop because there's this, but what if it doesn't? Oh my God, if I don't worry, if I don't fight, if I don't re uh, read Google blog, talk about it all the time, then it's going to get so big. It's going to mm -hmm. overwhelm me. And then, you know, worst case scenario X will happen. Who can relate to that, you guys? If I don't keep this at bay, if I don't keep it under control, although I can't, it's going to get so big. Yeah, right. But you know, that's, if you don't, that will never stop by itself. Just, just as a side note. If you don't stop that, it will never stop mm -hmm. ever. And you're going to spend your life worrying about something that might or might not happen. In any case, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? But I just want you, because we were talking about responsibility on our last call too. And I really like that. So people on the Dear Academy, they filled out a sheet where they uh, reflected on what they think are the reasons they have anxiety and what other people think why they have anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great sheet because all of the answers that came back were all around the lines of it's genetic, it's because it runs in my family. It's because of personality traits. It's because I'm so sensitive. It's because I'm an overthinker. It's because I feel so deeply. This is why I have anxiety. And this is what other people say why I have anxiety. But the most interesting thing was that nobody wrote, 
I have anxiety because I'm feeding into it with my avoidance and safety behaviors and because <laughs> I try to function that I can't. Not one. Not one. And that's so interesting. Why? Because anxiety loves to make us believe that this is out of our hands. But if it's my parents, if it's my upbringing, if it's my trauma and my genetics, that's completely out of my hands. I can't change the past. And now there's something wrong with me and I have to just learn to cope, which is the line everybody was sold for decades. Oh, oh you got a therapy too? Oh, that's nice. Learn some coping skills. Yeah. Right? Get through <laughs> it. But you know, it's it's kind of like, who's who's had a doctor refer to it for some reason? It's always this awful association to diabetes. Well, you know, if you had diabetes, you would have to take insulin for the rest of your life. So you have an anxiety disorder. So you just need to do these things. It's the most ridiculous association I've ever heard. But I've heard it from client after client after client, how you have basically this black smudge on your brain. And it's mm -hmm. nice to kind of learn some fun skills to manage it. And that's kind of what's been sold. It seems to be changing over the last few years but has that been message been sold to anybody here on the chat of like well the best we can do is manage your predestined body yeah here there it comes yeah. all the yeses mm -hmm. there's all the yeses i was wondering where they were mm -hmm. that's that's, unfortunate. yeah and you know scratch that just forget it erase it it's it is possible to overcome anxiety. Yes, we, you know, on the genetic side, yes, we might be more prone to experience sensations or our mind to be more sticky and like, oh, what was that? My mind does that too. Mm -hmm, Especially mm -hmm. when I have in, in, in phases of high stress, I sometimes have trouble falling asleep. And you know that phrase when you put your head on the pillow until you fall asleep and my mind would go all the time. Yes, and sometimes something really crazy comes along and it comes with that adrenaline zap. Oh, oh my God, but I, I I don't adhere to it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's sensitization, that's normal. Oh, a lot of stuff has been going on. Mm, yeah, oh, interesting idea. Yeah, that could happen. Absolutely done. Mm -hmm. right? That can happen, but I encourage you to take responsibility. And I know it feels like wearing a crown of thorns to hear this, to say, oh, I'm doing that. Mm. But in this responsibility also lies your empowerment. So wear it with pride and remind yourself every day, oh, hold on. I, I was doing something because I didn't know better. If someone would have told me from the very beginning what mm -hmm, to do, I would mm -hmm. have done the helpful thing, but I didn't. Right. So I did the best that I could. Yep. Did the best that I could with what I had until now. But now I know better and now I choose to, to stop to stop maintaining this, to, to, to stop fueling the fire. And it really, when once you're out of this, you don't care why this started. You don't care mm -hmm. if it was a panic attack or if it was your parents or, or whatnot. It doesn't matter anymore. So stop wasting your time in trying to figure out what triggered it. Focus all your energy and time and be super honest with yourself. What am I trying to control or change? How am I doing that? And what has been the outcome so far? Those mm -hmm. three questions are enough to reflect on that. Good. So everybody joined Dare Academy. It has really helped me. Great. Yeah. So we just we just started like brand yeah. new September 1st. 
So anybody here who's on Dare Academy, that's that's great to hear. Um, we have a, we start again with a whole new group of people at the first of every month. So you're welcome to come in. It's just more of a, a more of a guided focused approach with uh, both of us involved in different stages of it to help you kind of just better understand this on a different level. Yeah, and it's been so much fun with the group. They're really fantastic. Such a great family vibe there and, and no shortage of, of laughter as well. So definitely check it out if you feel that could be some, you know, if you're if you've been a member of Dear Advanced, if you know Dear by heart, um, maybe it's not the right thing for you. It's usually for newer members and for people who love to to live that community spirit when going through this. Yeah. Check it out. It's it's on the website. It's self-explanatory. I really wanted to read this next question. I highlighted this next one. Um, we don't normally talk about this stuff. And I think it's just because people just don't submit these questions. I don't think we're lacking in people who experience things, especially like sexually related things when it comes to anxiety. I think it's just one of those, just the same way everybody used to whisper about intrusive thoughts and whisper about DPDR. It's still this one that nobody brings up. Um, it's really no different approach than anything else. So I'll just read this question that was submitted um, and just to try and put it into this context. So you might not hear this come up a lot in conversation, but it's it's going to be the same approach. It's just because it's just, I think, nature of the beast. These questions aren't submitted as much. Uh, one setback that I've had with allowing bodily sensations to be there and not try and change them is that my sensations directly trigger worry and anxiety because they could be noticeable to other people, which makes me feel ashamed or embarrassed. That one sentence sums it all up, but I'll just read the rest. For instance, I could be talking to a group of people at work, be at the swimming pool, dentist's office, or chiropractor, etc., and feel as if I'm going to get an erection. Not because of being aroused at all, but out of fear that it will happen just because people will notice it and it will be extremely weird and uncomfortable. And of course, guess what happens, right? So guess what happens? Um, so I'm just ending that in there. So I get caught in a loop of having these arousal feelings and sensations without actually being aroused at all, which makes it very difficult for me to lean into the feelings and sensations. Honestly, very difficult for me to even admit this. And I feel weird because of it, just because it feels like such an odd sensation to have. Thank you. And I just want to make sure we address this and we address it every time it comes in because I just feel like stuff that's not talked about seems like, well, this is weird. Nobody talks about this. It must just be me. Maybe it's another kind of problem. No. Nope. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for submitting that question. Right. And please, guys, if you feel there's something that is weird that you can talk to to nobody, submit the question. There's nothing we haven't heard. And there is there is no such thing as a weird sensation or something that you should be ashamed about. I get why you would be. I totally get it. But at the same time, I'm really happy that you're, that you're sharing this and helping other people with that. Michelle, yeah. do you want to start with, with your Yeah, let's just know that it's another, it's like put it in the category of sensory motor stuff. Sometimes our bodies do things, whether we are, and put sex, sexual arousal into this category. I don't have to necessarily be, uh, you don't have to necessarily be attracted to that particular person or not for your body to just have some sort of 
random reaction response, which might have nothing to do with the situation. It might just have to do with something physiological or a memory or whatever. Just the same way we talk about anything else. Why am I nauseous? Why am I dizzy? Why did my, why did my privates move around a little bit? Whatever it is, we hone in on the thing and then we try and make it not right? Or we try and make it. So erectile dysfunction is the, it's the same behavior, just with the opposite intention. Must control it this way. And this person is must control it the other way, as opposed to leave it all alone. Because you, you wouldn't be concerned about this, your body doing things when nobody else is looking. So really, it all comes down to this. Like, and this is my post today. It's, many of us fight the feeling of embarrassment, this feeling of what will everybody think of me, which another social anxiety is something that doesn't really come up a whole lot on these calls, but is just as prevalent as anything else. It's just, it just happens to not come in as many questions. I think it's because there's more information out there than there are. You see us all constantly talking about intrusive thoughts all the time. What if I kill the kitten, right? We talk about that uh, maybe more lightheartedly than you might hear other places talk about it because it's normalized. This is normalized as well. It's no different than you trying to control your breathing, trying to control your blinking, try and control something in your body that's not in your control because I may or may not feel a certain way. So you're really controlling this to try and not feel embarrassed because if you were home on a Zoom call, you don't care what's going on down there. Nobody sees you. I could be in a bathtub right now. Nobody sees me. I could be getting a pedicure. <laughs> Nobody knows. But what if they see me and they think this about me? So better control this to control that. And it seems like it has something to do with your body, but it really, you're trying to control your body to control what other people are thinking about you, their opinions to then control the feeling of embarrassment. Yes. And the hard thing that you must learn to do is to be willing to embarrass yourself in front of these people. Yeah. And there's no way around than shaking or blushing or stuttering or losing your words while you're talking. It's the same sort of thing. It's what if they see me and they all think blank, <gasps> then I will feel blank. And now I'm trying to really just not feel blank. Yes, and we had a few great um, responses in the chat too. Not not directly related to this sensation, but uh, similar things. I, oh my God, what if I tell people to shut up? <laughs> All mm -hmm. of a sudden, I'm in a situation. Or somebody wrote, that's fantastic. Thank you guys for sharing. Keep them coming. That, that's wonderful. Oh my God, what if I just take my shirt off right now? Yep. Oh my God, I have those thoughts all the time. I did. I had that on a dare meeting. On a dare <laughs> I'm like, what if I just like, because I was, I was scratching my shirt and you we were talking and I went like this. And the thought was, if I just like pop my boob out right now in the middle of this, this thing, like, what, what if I just, now guys, I'm not having what ifs because I used to have an anxiety disorder. They are, they're normal, normal thoughts. And if you can grab kids and talk to kids about this kind of stuff, like, four, four-year-olds and up. I Just my daughter, she's like, they know this term intrusive thoughts now. We, we've been, they've been doing this thing lately of like, they'll say intrusive thought. And then they say the random weird thing that popped into their head. And it's no different in my house than deja vu, intrusive thought, 
So there's no shame. There's no meaning. There's no desire hooked to it. It just, it's just a thought. And then they say like, what? Like, I just thought about like you falling off the couch and like, like you ripping your pants open. Like, intrusive thought. Like, same thing. Intrusive thought. Like, pop my boob out on the dare meeting. Like, it's, it's the, <gasps> no, trying not to. That's the problem. When we become, we, we engage in problematic response to the thought. It's never about getting rid of a thought. It's about getting better at having those thoughts. You just have a good imagination. So you have an imagination relationship disorder, right? Not <laughs> I'm about to pop my boob out disorder. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I always used to get, what if I just start screaming in front of people? What if I just get up <laughs> and start yep. screaming? Yep. Drop <laughs> a racial slur. That's a big one. Drop, drop some racial terrible thing that you would say on the bus. What if I jumped out of the car? That's a big one. What if I just punched that guy in the face? Aditi <laughs> said, same, screaming and running in fear. It's so funny if I picture this today, me just getting up and like screaming, ah, going full crazy. It's ridiculous. It's But it didn't feel ridiculous then because it came with that massive work. Like, oh my God, that could happen. And I don't want that. So better not be around people because that might happen. Right? Okay. Same if I... I have I had this thought that developed oh my god years ago when I first saw my son I think my son was in first grade first time I saw him with a pencil you know writing stuff doing his homework then he got up to the kitchen to get something and my head was like well you know he could hold the pen like this and just tumble over and fall mm -hmm. and the pen would go into his nose mm -hmm. pierce his brain mm -hmm. and he would be dead <laughs> vivid imagination I'm like <laughs> When is he going to get back to the table? And since then, every time I see him with a pen, right, this pops up. It pops up, but I don't add fear to it. So what we're trying to tell you guys, those weird, bizarre thoughts are so very, very normal. And I wish we could do a contest someday. Who can come up with the most absurd? I'm sorry, I already think I would be the winner. <laughs> I already think I would. What do you think, guys? Can we beat Michelle? <laughs> we should play. Can you beat Michelle? Well, let's let's make up situation and who could think of the most fucked <laughs> up thing that could happen in it. <laughs> yeah, we should put this on the app. A game. Can you beat Michelle? Where you could make your your, your worst, worst thoughts. That would be fantastic. <laughs> but don't don't get don't get too um. Don't get too caught in that imagination land or trying to convince yourself it's not going to happen or I'm safe or I'm fine or accepting love. That's still you doing a whole lot of work as opposed to like swipe, swipe. Oh, pop a boob out. Mm, nah, swipe. I think I'll just respond to the question instead. Nah, swipe. It's just, it's just a thought. Like imagine like here's the thoughts that are in your, your field of vision. Okay. And then on the outside perimeter are like the area called weird ass thoughts. And because they're just weird ass thoughts, they sort of just hang out in like that little dark area of so but since they're not generally used all the time, we're usually not popping boobs out in meetings, except that one time I eat her. Remember that time? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like they just sort of hang out there and they're just sort of not noticed. When our light bulb's brighter, now these weird ass thoughts are illuminated a little bit more. So they didn't just show up. 
I guarantee you didn't just start having intrusive thoughts. There's absolutely no. no way. Absolutely. You went on to the top of a building and you imagined what it would feel like if you jumped off. And I bet you at some point you also got like this visceral reaction of like disgust or hurt or almost would feel pain where you would imagine feeling that pain if you jumped out of the window. We've all, because you're normal. That's the problem with anxiety disorders. Everybody's freaking normal. That's the problem. We're treating the parts of us we find unpleasant as problematic. Yes. And those yes. thoughts yeah. are unpleasant, but not problematic. I'm totally, totally for putting this on the app. I think that will be absolutely fantastic. So guys, if you're for it too, send a thumbs up and we're going to send it to Barry and do the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> people could submit their craziest thoughts and people go on the app if they feel like, oh God, I had this awful intrusive thought. But when they go on the app and read through that section, I'm sure it would would, would help. That would be fantastic. Everybody's going to have to start being like, I'm a little concerned about Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> but the more you say them out loud like it's not they're normal for us because we're all in the anxiety scope. no most people just are have boring brains those other normies out there their brains are quiet they have like four colors in their head they don't have vivid beautiful imaginative brains Right? They don't have descriptive language skills. We have all that stuff. They're not maybe more sensitive and tuned into their imagination either. Make peace with that, my friends. Like it's imagination land. Make peace with it. It's a weird ass place, but it's kind of cool there. And so just be like impressed. Wow. One. Ooh, that one really bothered me. But in a good way. Yes, yes. Good it, not like the impressed, like don't be too impressed for anxiety wise, but like, wow, my brain came up with that. I can almost feel it just imagining it. Impressive. Wow, that's that's high quality. That's like vivid vision there. Huh, good one. Period. This was what I was saying the other day. Use your periods. Oh, I noticed. I just imagined that happening. Yeah, I did. Period. Yeah. Now what? Not stay there to not imagine anymore. Just, oh yeah, I did imagine falling off the building and landing on my face and breaking my leg. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that feels gross to me. That scared me. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stay, not analyze, not try to accept and allow. Keep going. Keep going. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And also, you know, sometimes... You, you don't just feel scared, but sometimes you feel disgusted. Disgusted, you know, yeah. Right. So the same thing. Yeah, that's a disgusting thought. Oh, yeah, that would be scary. Oh, yeah, that would make me sad. Done. Mm -hmm. Don't engage further. Now, somebody wrote a great comment. I got a floss stuck in my teeth a few days back, and I was thinking I'm going to die. <laughs> How is that even technically possible? <laughs> Bush tagged along. <laughs> I really love that. <laughs> Anxiety is so sneaky. Um, oh my God, a floss. <laughs> this guy, he doesn't know if he's so tired. If you're fighting everything, he doesn't know what the fuck is going on now. If you're fighting everything, he's going to be like, I got dental floss. I don't fucking know. He's fighting everything. Whoosh, here's here. Look, fire, right? Whoosh, yeah. whoosh, whoosh. As long as you keep using it in what it thinks is productively to stay alive, it's going to keep wishing you take the reins. 
thanks for the whoosh. I'm going to purposely keep this dental floss in my tooth for the next 12 minutes, and then I'm going to take it out of my teeth because fuck it, I'm not in danger. And find that, find where, like, find it. It's in here, right? Where it's like, so I'm scared and I have dental floss in my teeth. Scared plus dental floss in my teeth does not equal danger. It just equals dental floss in my teeth. So take the dental floss out of your teeth, but not to get rid of scared and not to stay alive just because you don't want dental floss in your teeth anymore. Period. Keep going. Yes. No matter what it is. Period. Keep going. And just a final word on intrusive thoughts. Here's proof that you do, that you always had them and you will always have them, but maybe without the bush. So next time you watch a movie, doesn't matter if it's a sad movie or a crime movie, catch yourself how you imagine how that would feel to you if mm -hmm. your spouse died, if your, your children's first day in school or saying goodbye to grandma mm -hmm. or when mm -hmm. the dog dies and you have a dog and you immediately go to, oh, if my dog dies, and he's going, mm -hmm. oh my God, I can live with that. So you're I'm not putting... going to be able to handle it. That's usually what comes up when those things come up. I won't be able to handle who's got that line. What I'll, I'll never, if that happens to me, I will never be able to handle it. That's, that's a big, a big one that comes up for that. But also, I want you to catch yourself how you not only put yourself into situations or in the role in, in the movies where you are the one who is hurt and sad, but sometimes you even think about being a predator, like, oh, my God, what if I were to do that? What if I were to steal 40 million from somebody? Oh, that would be nice. All my problems would be fixed. <laughs> so you see, you, you picture yourself in that role, but you don't get that bush. And then you're like, ah, oh, no, that's a dumb idea. Whatever. Let's not mm -hmm. do this. Or somebody kills their sibling because they're so mad. You're like, oh, if I would to do that. Right? But then you're like, oh, no, forget it. Uh, let's not do that. It usually Same starts with the word imagine. Could you imagine? Imagine? Yeah. Imagine that happened? Oh, my God. Imagine. Imagine. We say it all the time, but you're not, you don't remember it all the time because it's usually just in like conversation. Oh my God, imagine. Oh, she, she, she fell right on the street. Oh my God, imagine. Oh my, God, I can't even imagine. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're just saying you can't because you don't want to imagine, right? That's just, of course we can imagine. And of course we can, we can almost feel it in our bodies when we imagine it too, right? Like we feel it like, right. We get those shivers down our body. Like you can imagine what it would feel like. I did this on a group call. It was a different thing I did but I tend to hurt myself a lot by accident. Here's So guys, listen to this one. You know those cans of sweetened condensed milk? I love mm. sweetened condensed milk. So if I put it in a recipe and there's some leftover, I'll take like a little rubber spatula and just eat it right out of the can. It's so freaking good. I love sweetened condensed milk, but it's got a really sharp edge. And so I went in to get, see? Oh, you, you see your face? <laughs> yeah. Went in and right here, I stop it. around. Stop it. We got we got the point. <laughs> and so, if anybody else feel the feeling in, uh, yeah. feel it either in their in their finger or in their body of right in between their fingers of how it would feel if I. It's I just use something like that as a like you cringed, but nothing happened to you. You were imagining what it would feel like if you did oh it. My God, somebody else <laughs> that was really mean, guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> just trying to show everybody how 
normal that is to be able to, and some people are more in tune to other people than others. So if you also happen to be more in tune to like emotionally in tune to like other people's feelings, other people's things, like those stories where like, oh, I can, I can feel it in my own finger as she scooped around that bottom and you feel it kind of get stuck on that hard part, right? And it just keeps going. Yeah. If you felt it, it shows me how normal you are. Your ability to kind of like put yourself in the shoes of an, an imagined of imagination of somebody else doing something. Right. So appreciate your imagination. Appreciate the way you can put yourself into other people's shoes. That's all a good thing. And don't allow anxiety to take this away and tell you that this is pathological because it is not. It is mm -hmm. your fear of it and your misinterpretation of the presence of something that's not pleasant as dangerous. Right. But um, you know what I mean? Thank you, everybody, for being here today. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, and Nina. That was really mean. Don't ever do that again. Sorry. I'm going to take this with me now. <laughs> well, next time you bake something, now you're going to remember. And this is how you no, might even remember. You should stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> you're just strengthening the link. Strengthening the association. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Have a good one, guys. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the D.A.R.E. podcast. The D.A.R.E. app has over 1 million downloads and is helping people all around the world to overcome anxiety and panic attacks. You can download the app for free at dareresponse.com.